to the third episode of The Sample Study. I'm very happy that you're here. The date is Thursday, May 11th, 2017, and I am your host, Too Mellow, standing at attention in front of my music production software. Here at The Sample Study, I take just one sampled song per episode, take the song it is sampled in, recreate the beat by hand, and analyze how the producer who sampled it got from having a record in their hand to having the sample on a record of their own. So we're three episodes in, and I'm feeling the love. A lot of you have told me that you've been learning a lot from the show, or it's been piquing your interest. In the first two episodes, I feel like we've seen a pretty good range of things already. We had a really complex sampling with Pete Rock, and then we had a much more simple flip from MF Doom last week. This week, we're going back to the complicated stuff, and I generally saw better feedback from that. I guess you guys just like to see me get worked really hard. Fine. So, today, I want to take a more modern song, a song that's only a few months old at the time of this recording, and really dig into it. We're going to talk about Future's Mask Off. It's a meme, it's a catchy melody, and it's just a damn good song. Recently, you may have heard it paired with videos of anyone playing any kind of flute. It's one of the first times that a sample has permeated mainstream culture in such a striking way and become a meme. Because it's nothing about Future's track that makes this meme. It's all about the flute sample, you know? That's so unique. We're not, we're not really talking about Future. We're talking about his producer, Metro Boomin. Which, he's also a meme, by the way. Metro Boomin, or Young Metro, as you may know him, sampled Tommy Butler's prison song from the Selma album, a studio recording of the Selma musical, also produced by Tommy Butler. Besides the name and the fact that it is also based on the life and work of Martin Luther King Jr., Selma the Play does not have too much in common with Selma of 2014, the Best Picture nominated and Best Original Song winning film, which is more directly biographical. But this is a heck of a musical, and the introduction to Prison Song is so stirring that it's no wonder why it caught the ear of Metro Boomin as well as a few other producers before him. You know, it unnerves me that the one musician I wasn't able to find for this record is whoever was playing the flute, because it's honestly, it's the main part we're going to focus on, so I'm sad that I can't credit them. Uh, Paul Reiser and Tommy Butler were the arrangers of the piece. Mr. Butler was also the producer. Henry Davis played the nice bass line. James Gadson was on the drums. Ben Benet, Bob Bowles, and Ray Parker played guitar for the album. John Barnes and Sonny Burke were on keyboard. Bob Zametti, Eddie Bongo Brown, and Gary Coleman were on percussion. Side note, we worked on a Gary Coleman percussed song in our first episode. That was Tom Scott's Today. And finally, Sylvester Rivers played synthesizer and piano. The flute melody of this sample sounds so instantly classic, almost spiritual, and it is kind of a perfect representation of the melody of the rest of the piece, which itself has a driving beat that almost reminds me of the sound of prisoners working in their courtyard or beating on the walls of their cells. It marches, kind of. And that flute melody that's so great only appears one time, right at the beginning of the track.
Now, I want to take a second to listen to Future's Mask Off, produced by Metro Boomin, before we go any further, because there's some more things I want to talk about. Call it how it is. Hendrix. I promise you, swear, swear. I'm not admitting. Yo. Percocet. Miley Percocet. Percocet. Miley Percocet. Rep the set. Gotta rep the set. Chase a chick. Never chase a bitch. Mask on. Fuck it, mask on. Mask on. Fuck it, mask on. Percocet. Miley Percocet. Chase a chick. Never chase a bitch. Two cups. Toast up with the game. From full scouts to a whole nother domain. Out the bottle. I'm a living proof. Ain't compromising half a million on the coupe. Gang, gang. Drug houses. Looking like Peru. Graduated. I was overdue. Pink money. I can barely move. Ask about me. I'm gon' bust a move. Red James. 33 chains. As we heard, prison song is a mourning song. A song about being unjustly imprisoned and conditioned to believe that your abusers who put you there are the ones who are right and that you are wrong. Now, wherever this song is on the internet, there are, of course, people chanting the refrain of Percocet, Molly Percocet, from the opening bar of Maskoff's chorus. There are other people saying that Future disrespected this very serious song written from the heart of the civil rights struggle by putting braggadocio and drug raps over it. This is a common thing that happens when hip-hop culture draws from the music of previous generations. People will come and say that rappers ruined the original song, or that it's a shame that it's being repurposed. To immediately come to this conclusion has always offended me. As you may have guessed, I am a defender of the artistic integrity of the technique of sampling. My main counterpoint to this whole thing is that sampling is a way for producers to engage with a cool song they listen to. And even if they're just ripping the sample and not actually listening to the whole song, which is very unlikely, I don't think I've ever done that a single time in all of my years of sampling, listeners to the rap song are likely to identify the sample as separate from the track and want to go find it. This leads to all those YouTube videos you've seen that show like, oh, 10 songs that Daft Punk sampled or 10 songs that Nuja Bass sampled. And it also leads to an influx of teenagers to people in their 20s who were not born when Tommy Butler's prison song was written and released to suddenly flood its YouTube page. To me, I do see this as a complete positive for any song that is sampled. I've learned to respect artists that often did not get their deserved respect in their lifetime. Nobody loves David Axelrod, James Brown, Dorothy Ashby, Nina Simone, like a hip-hop producer does. Nobody. It's a unique kind of connection, and we try to pass that along through sampling. Now, obviously, any amount of streaming or views on a YouTube page may not lead to what some might say would be the proper compensation for an artist who has been sampled. Well, record deals were kind of bad back in the day, you know. The, the, the artist who's being sampled, even if there was a, a lawsuit uh, over a sample or if there was someone getting a sample cleared through a sample clearance agency, it's not always likely that that money was going straight to the producer of the song, to the writer of the song. 
it was usually going to the to the record label. So when people say, oh, this or that artist died penniless, but yet here's this young person making tons of money off sampling them, well, there's not much you can say except that the record industry was kind of rough and and musicians made some kind of rough decisions. And hopefully it's improving with these young artists who are able to promote themselves and who don't have to sign really shady deals that might lead to them losing the rights of their own music. In any case, this particular uh, situation is at least an argument and not a bland accusation. There is the more legitimate issue this time that Futures raps buttheads with Tommy Butler's subject matter on the song. So in this case, I'd say, here's a young man being free, you know, celebrating his life, selling recreational drugs, sure, but it represents freedom. It represents being in control of your life and making your own choices. It's generally a positive song. The Tommy Butler song represents being stuck in the muck, in a literal and psychological prison. It's a negative song. But neither of these songs is written from a flattering perspective. I don't think that anything about this future song truly lessens the impact of the original when people go and listen to that to find out where the flute sample came from. I think that these commenters saying that hip-hop ruins the song are being overly cynical and not really respecting the complexity of the events that got us from Tommy Butler to Future. If they earnestly enjoyed this song, they should keep enjoying it. If you're a Tommy Butler fan, what do you really care what Future does? People, people aren't going to the page of the Future song and commenting, oh yeah, this takes crap all over that Tommy Butler sample. Screw that guy. In fact, this may lead to people discovering the Selma musical and whether they listen to the whole thing because they're looking for more samples or not, uh, who knows where they'll go from there. I want to briefly talk about one of the other artists who sample Prison Song and listen to their interpretation. This is Top Dogs by Swedish group Loop Troop. Jag vill plocka hela jävla landet Naturliga rävabandet På nya tillslag Skapa drag, vinner slag Vässa mina bad Håligard i Stockholms stad Kör på med samma stil Rockar samma stil Samma smil, samma blick Samma skick, samma trick Så fuck alla andra Jag gör allt för min klick Komplicerad independent Versus storbolag slipphop Helt bakvänt som kristross Bättre rankas tripptopp Paradoxalt kan tänkas Men dängor kommer sänkas Och de som snackar skit De kommer dränkas Vi såg det går till Vi slår till jag får till, vila jag vill göra Är stila jag vill köra Ett Petter på röda, precis vad de vill höra Och när Petter går på scen, bara se men inte röra Är som käpp hos alla sundar Jag hugger när du blundar Petter redan studios med en upptrop för de som undrar It's a little more complex than what Metro Boomin did I'm gonna be honest, a lot of different pieces of the song have been chopped up And the flute loop is only one layer used in the hook In my opinion however It doesn't have quite as good of a groove and focus as Mask Off. This may seem odd because the producer of Loop Troop clearly did a little more work. So why isn't theirs automatically better? Well, sometimes, but not always in sampling, less really is more. The focus on the beautiful flute loop is attractive. Future's flow is frankly a little more engaging than that of Loop Troop. Sorry, guys. Respect for finding the record first. 
all the way back in 2000. Slug and MERS also sampled this song on their album Felt 2, but for me to talk about that would require me to talk about how little I like Slug, and I don't think that's the kind of thing that's going to help this hip-hop podcast get off the ground. Okay, so now that I've introduced the sample and the sampler, it's time to head into the lab. This is the portion of the show where I actually produced the song uh, using the sample as the original producer did. We're going to start with the intro, which is the most complex part of the song by far, surprisingly. So, first we'll need to establish the pitch and BPM as always, to find out the speed at which Future's Mask Off was produced, and the pitch at which the sample was imported in. That gives us kind of a head start on the rest of the song. Well, the song is 75 beats per minute, and the prison song sample is two semitones down from its original pitch, so minus two semitones or minus 200 cents. Let's pitch that down now. Okay, so to make this intro, what Metro did was to take the flute sample the entire song is based on and introduce it as a pitched down and chopped up version of itself. So we're taking the sample down a whole octave. That's 12 semitones down to minus 14 semitones. You can think of what Metro did as reducing the sample to a lower version of the same pitch. So it matches with the rest of the song, but it's lower and slower for effect. And I did chop this around a little bit. It's not just the flute sample. Uh, it is segments of it to kind of dodge around the central melody, but provide a good intro for it. I want to note that I had to do a little bit of time stretching, which is the process of changing the speed of a sample but not its pitch, to clean this up and make it sound on time with the Metro original. I'm not sure if he used that process or not, but I seem to have to. So, there's the intro, but when you listen to the Mask Off intro, Obviously, it has a pumping, breathing effect that makes it sound pretty significantly different from mine. And a filter. If you listen to our first episode with Pete Rock, you'll be familiar with the low-pass filter, which filters out all frequencies above a certain point, known as the cutoff. And I'm sure we'll encounter a high-pass filter someday, which does the exact opposite. So, what I use to recreate this effect are two fairly common but slightly more technical processes. A sidechain and a low-frequency oscillator, or LFO. Is that where the name of the band that made Summer Girls came from? No. That's something much more asinine that I'll let you find out for yourself. I'll explain the sidechain first because it'll be easier to hear without the LFO. So, a sidechain is a component of a compressor. I'm not going to tell you what a compressor is right now, just wait on that. It's a component of a compressor that allows you to take one sound and allow it to compress another sound whenever it occurs. This one sound takes priority over the other and pushes it down. You'll know this effect when you hear it. It's become very popular from the 2000s on, and I can almost guarantee you've heard it. So 
So what I've done is placed a completely muted kick drum on one channel and told the sample, hey, whenever this kick drum occurs, you duck down. Even though the kick drum channel is muted, the data of its occurrence is still transmitted to the sidechain, and the sample is still ducked down. So the end result is this pumping effect. Now, I didn't feel that was enough. So on top of that, I added a low-pass filter. Okay, so you've heard that before. Still not quite enough. So then I added another low-pass filter on which the frequency is being controlled by a low-frequency oscillator. Ooh, okay, let's slow down. Low-frequency oscillator, that's an intimidating word for an easy-to-understand thing. Imagine a wave. A wave. You know, like an ocean wave, like a sound wave, a wave. Okay? A wave goes from the top to the bottom of a range, right? It has peaks and valleys. Do a, a wave shape with your hand. I will know if you're not doing it. You don't have to do it if you're driving. So, imagine that there is an attribute of a sound attached to that wave. In this case, I've attached the amount of frequencies the filter cuts off, or simply the cutoff. Everything above the cutoff frequency goes bye-bye. The higher the cutoff is, the less frequencies are cut. The lower the cutoff is, the more frequencies are cut. So, I've attached the cutoff to the wave. As the wave reaches its peak, the attribute increases. So in our case, as the wave reaches its peak, the cutoff raises, and it's cutting off less frequencies. As the wave reaches the low point of the valley, the cutoff lowers, so it's cutting off more frequencies. So the end result is this wah-wah sound, where you're oscillating between higher and lower frequencies. And I've set the LFO speed to quarter notes, which means a full wave or oscillation occurs with each quarter note. Okay, deep breath. You made it. We made it through. <laughs> with side chaining and frequency, we now have the sample sounding quite a lot like Metro Boomin got it to sound. And I do really love this intro, by the way. I think it's a beautiful way to open a song. Finally, we add a little pitch bend on the end of the sample to simulate a record being stopped. Uh, just like Metro did in the song. I use the Ableton Live frequency shifter, but there are many options to control pitch this way. So next, we're going to make the main beat. It's just the flute sample actually, so that's nice. I had to do some minor chops to keep it in time with the drums, but it's just this. And then I put some EQ on it, cutting off the low end and increasing the mid highs. And then I filter it, cutting off everything above 2.8 kilohertz. As for the drums and bass, for the bass line I have these TR-808 that's Roland TR-808 drum machine, sub-bass drum samples. Pretty classic, especially in uh, the modern hip-hop production. Metro has 808s at a few different pitches and a little staccato trill of 808s that I like a whole lot every once in a while. There's that staccato trill. 
The 808s also pair well with the bass drum I have for extra punch. 808 drums are a long and flat bass, while the bass drums are short and punchy. So together they make a really strong low-end rhythm. For the hi-hats, I'm doing a modified 808 hi-hat, and occasionally I layer it with a lower-pitched hi-hat to do these trills that I'm positive you've heard before. I'm actually pretty sure I had never done one of these before this, even though you hear them all the time in rap music. And for the clap and snare, I'm doing a very short 808 clap sample, and the higher-pitched rim-shot-like 808 snare on the offbeats. The drum beat pretty much stays the same throughout the song, except that there are hi-hat trills on the verses, and not on the chorus. For the end of Mask Off, Metro does drop in an echoey bit of some of the other later vocal parts of Prison Song. It's first this bit right here. And you have that nice electric piano riff right at the end there. And he also uses his later part where the female vocalist comes in with the accompaniment. And that nice little flute part to end it off. I feel like Bob Ross. <laughs> you put those two together and you get the end of Mask Off. But let me add the long reverb that makes them sound as interesting as they do in the song. There you have it. We're getting to be old hands at this, aren't we? In my opinion, Metro Boomin's beat for Mask Off is a subtly brilliant production, a sample so catchy that it has caught the world by storm, and dark floaty parts to it that carry along the dreary feeling of the original Tommy Butler track. With this and Metro's previous hit, the similar beat to Father Stretch My Hands Part 1 on Kanye West's The Life of Pablo album, I'm really looking forward to what Metro will do for other artists in the future. He has a really good ear for samples and knows to not overdo it, which, as we learned, can be just as important as knowing when to make the sampling more complex. That will do it for this session of the Sample Study. If you have any questions or requests, send them on over to samplestudycast at gmail.com with the subject line questions or requests, depending on which it is. I'll definitely try to answer anything that falls roughly within the bounds of the program. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at samplestudycast. And you can follow me at Mellow, without the W, Makes, Mellow Makes, all one word. I really appreciate iTunes reviews if you have the time to leave one. It really helps the show get out there. Or just, you know, tell your friends. If you would like to support the show financially, and by that I mean support me, my Patreon is patreon.com slash 2mellow. That's the number two in Mellow without a W. And you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash 2mellow. 
to spell it the same way. I'm trying to get the Patreon to $300 monthly, and if I do that, all patrons will start getting the sample study a week early. Think about that. You can purchase the self-titled Future at pretty much anywhere you would get music. Tommy Butler's The Selma album is also widely available. Thanks so much to Future, Metro Boomin, and Tommy Butler, and most importantly, you, for joining me on this session of the sample study. Keep digging. You'll find it. <laughs>